Hello, uh, today we have Sebastian Daschner. He is uh, one of the Java, I would say, enthusiasts. So Sebastian, and to, and introduce please yourself what you are doing with uh, Java and EOL in your leisure as well. Yeah, hi, my name is Sebastian. So yes, I'm a Java EE guy, so involved in all kind of uh, Java and Java enterprise related stuff. Um, yeah, I'm a freelancer based in Germany, based in Munich. And yeah, what I do mostly, so I help uh, my clients with uh, Java EE consultation and with uh, workshops and all kind of enterprise related um, things. And I'm also quite involved in the Java EE ecosystem. So I'm in right now two expert groups uh, of Java EE 8 that just have uh, has been finished. And while well, I try to help um, evolving the platform, so how Java EE could be shaped in, in the future. So this is what I do mostly. And then, yeah, I'm all on all kind of conferences. I, I have a blog and newsletter and try to spread some Java EE knowledge. So what's the URI to your blog? And the blog is sebastian-dashner.com. So that's easy, my uh, first name, minus surname.com. So, okay, cool. Um, as I met you the first time, I think you were pretty young, I guess. I don't know, under 30? Yeah, I still am under 30. Oh, okay. <laughs> if you consider that pretty young, then yes. <laughs> no, uh, what struck me, and you were uh, actually really interested in Java E. So we had a chat and, and, and you said, okay, this is a great technology. So... Um, you could do whatever you like, right? So uh, you could actually start with Python, I don't know, Node.js right, uh, or right. whatever. So why you are still or why you are started with Java e and why you like it? Yeah, that's that's quite interesting. Actually, I started with uh, with Spring Framework. Um, and I pretty I liked that pretty much as well. Um, but then I I don't know how I, I came into Java EE and specifically uh, with the Java EE API. And I have to admit I like that even more. Like like the fact that everything comes from a standard and and therefore has to work within each other. You know you can use JAX-RS plus something else and you don't have to configure anything. You just use the APIs as is. And I like that a lot. And well, yeah, how I started with that, I was uh, involved in all kind of enterprise uh, technology with Java from yeah, from very early, I would say, from early in my career. And I just like that. I, I'm a back, back-end guy, basically. So I like to, to build enterprise system, not, not colorful stuff, not front-end stuff, but it was always back-end. And, well, I started with Spring and then I liked uh, Java EE. And, yeah, I attended uh, a few of uh, your workshops, Adam. And, yeah, I liked just the approach, how you can program with that technology. And, yeah, that's how I got into it. And, yeah. Yeah, and you did one amazing thing, I remember. Uh, so you showed me once the JAXRS analyzer. And <laughs> yeah, uh, this is a, an amazing tool, which um, which is able, this is what I like the most. This is like the Javaistic way of analyzing JAXRS. So you don't need uh, any annotations, any configuration, and is able to analyze the resources and generates uh, swagger.json or uh, ASCII doc, right? Right, right. Are you still doing this or you have no time? Um, yeah, the time is mostly mostly the issue. Yeah, but but as you said, this this was the this was the initial idea. So definitely without any configuration, which is quite funny because once in a while I get some pull requests and some comments. Yeah, could you please add Swagger annotations and could you add this in this format where you could do some custom stuff? And I said, well, that was never the idea. I always wanted to work without anything. Just use it on your plain um, Java EE project and don't add 
any uh, third-party stuff because this is what you not want in enterprise projects, right? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So what I really don't like are the uh, the swagger annotations uh, sprinkled right. all over the place. It like introduces the, I don't know, not complexity, but uh, you know, you hide the business logic and uh, you are depending on some strange binary annotations. So uh, right. w what I thought once, you know, um, probably if you need to add some, I don't know, business uh, business data like uh, or some business documentation to the resources, um, it, it would be possible to use with Javadoc. Actually, there is a Javadoc doclet which does that. So uh, would it be possible for JaxRS Analyzer to read the uh, doclets as well, so the Javadoc information and merge them with the binary information? Um, yes, actually, this is what I'm um, doing or what I have added in a very early version or early functionality. Um, because, yeah, I totally agree. As you say, I mean, Javadoc is part of Java, so this is not a third-party dependency. This is what you can just do right away, right? And and this would be a perfect uh, fit for that. Um, the problem I'm still facing right now is that it's actually not that easy to to process it in, in a Java way. So there's a Javadoc API, but it's really not that easy to use once you have to add, well, for my JAXRS analysis, I have to add the Java E API and some um, dependencies while analyzing, and this doesn't work well with ClassPath and so on and so forth. So I probably will end up using another parser and something once I have the time. But yeah, I totally agree. This is uh, this would be a great idea to stay lean and still document your API. Actually, I think this will be one of the, of the killer features, right? Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> so uh, we back from Java One. So what's also funny? You are from Munich. I'm uh, basically from Munich, but we always meet at conferences or uh, and uh, uh, far away conferences like Java One, and then we have a brief right. chat. And he never had actually the time to for a conversation like this right now. So um, what's um, what's your impressions of Java One this year comparing to the last Java One? So I think you also attended uh, 2016, right? So what, yes, what's right. what's the, your impressions? I'm really curious about your your opinion. So my impression, I would say, is a pretty pro positive one, especially compared to last year. Um, last year there were some you know rumors whether Oracle still cares about Java and so on and so forth, and you could see this year, especially on, on the keynote um, from Mark Kavach, uh, I think is his name, um, that Oracle really seems to care first of all about developers. You could also see this in their Oracle code and their conferences, what they're currently building up, and also uh, about Java. So there was the statement, quote-unquote, uh, Java first and Java always. And I really like that. They, they seem to, uh, well, recognize the, um, the power of Java and uh, where it can get you. And I like the message. And I, well, also like the, um, the venue, actually. So it was in the Moscone West, so it was not this uh, maze and, uh, well, uh, thingy of the uh, Hilton, I think it was, in the last years. So this year it was more in one place, you know, so everybody was there. You always met some people while walking around. And yeah, I like that. Although there were also some kind of problems with that. So the coffee consumption and coffee delivery was a problem. And I think the Wi-Fi uh, broke down several times because of the amount of people being at the same place. But yeah, if they improve that, then I would say this is a pretty good, pretty good venue as well. Yes, um, the, the same here. So I really liked the, the venue. So uh, I was able to attend you know, more sessions because there was uh, less travel between the sessions. So uh, mm -hmm. yeah, I could just right. walk away. And uh, coffee, I actually, this was a big problem. I don't. I think I had coffee once. It was not a big deal because I don't care about coffee and eating in Java 1. But uh, it, uh, I think there should be more coffee. And um, right. any, any, any negative things? 
about well, Japan? Yeah, yeah that, that was probably it, like uh, the, the coffee. So I totally agree. I don't care about eating um, <laughs> uh, as well. But since you don't get too much sleep at, at the week during Java 1, then yeah. yeah, you probably need some coffee once in a while. <laughs> it's cool. You attended my workshops, right? So we had, uh, I think, right. the, the lunch about half an hour. So, so we are not for eating here. So just half an hour and go. Exactly. <laughs> cool. Um, what, uh, what I noticed, I don't know whether you noticed it as well, that there was less Java branding. So actually, the whole building was red Oracle. There were small, you know, Java uh, Java stickers. Oh, and okay. this yeah. what concerned me a bit because I said, okay, there should be actually more Java branding, you know, more Java, uh, Java logos. And I think right. probably uh, is because it is uh, too near to Moscone, to the Oracle open world. So they use mm -hmm. the same, reuse the same branding everywhere. So this will be one possible possible explanation also what's a pity is in these uh, i was once in the uh, you know in the store with the what were the i don't know puppets and uh, books oh, yeah, and yeah. Max. I, i was i was there as well yeah there's almost no java right there are lots of oracle stuff but i i would say if oracle would like to make money they should put more java branded True. stuff there and this is what i didn't understand because uh, all the uh, oracle stores have oracle stuff but there are no java enthusiasts they they travel uh, a long time you know those to see the 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 the, <laughs> the mothership and then they don't even get you know a java a java branded whatever so i think there will be more funny as it was at sundays you know this java from james gosling or whatever some yeah, yeah. fancy logos or community logos whatever this was what was what i found uh, strange but anything else um, yeah, it was nice. Did you attend the Oracle Code, uh, actually, a keynote? Um, no, not the keynote, because I was m more than busy during the, yeah. uh, during the Java 1 days. And Oh, yeah, one note about the store. Yeah, yeah that's totally right. Actually, last year, I tried to get, um, you know, one of these plush dukes, yeah. the, the Java mascot, and you, they have plush versions, versions of that. And I wanted to get one, uh, and I think it was on the last day of the conference last year, and they were out of dukes. So actually, what I did this year, I, on the very first day, I went into that Oracle store, and yeah, you're right, they don't have too much Java and stuff, but at least they have some plush dukes, so I bought one. <laughs> yeah. So I got this at least, but yeah, you're, you're right. They should have do more more Java things, like Java mugs or logos, and yeah. This is small things, but I think they matter So for, for the attendees. Right. Yeah. Totally agree, yeah. So um, I was at the Oracle, key, Oracle Code uh, keynote, uh -huh. and what struck me, there was almost no code at Oracle Code. So at the Java keynote, we had far more code than Oracle Code. The Oracle Code was more like, uh, I don't know, fluffy presentation of ideas i would say it's what not good not get that good but uh, what i have to say is the uh, or uh, the java one keynote was great so now um, ee4j are you also uh, reading have your time to read the the mailings from ee4j the mailing list right right yes i, I do take some time actually it involves quite a, a lot of time so there's a lot of going on in the um now eclipse um, mailing lists and i try to to get my head around that but um, yeah, I, I like the, there's a, that, you know, um, when there is a lot of traction, when there is a lot of going on, this, this shows interest from, from all kind of sites. And yeah, just try to, to keep that up. And actually, I'm also involved in, there's a new JSR. Um, I think it's 382, the, the config JSR that mm -hmm. was originally submitted by, um, uh, by Eclipse, but it's still in the JCP. So I'm, um, I'm in the expert group of that. And yeah, let's see how that involves because that's you know kind of like a like a bridge, like in between. It's still on the uh, JCP, but it's like uh, initiated by um, by Eclipse. And 
yeah, I'm really curious uh, to see how that works out. And this is also like a little bit of part, um, a small part of uh, EE4J then, or the future of Java EE. Yeah, it's good that you are there because I think this config API is, uh, is not that important because we have the CDI produces and at inject, so you right. can build it with right. two lines of code. But what I think, which is really interesting, is if they are able to configure the native JPA, JAX, or S stuff, you know, if you could use the same, like, same, like string interpolation, whatever placeholders that you can configure even the native application server stuff with the config API. This could be interesting. Right, right. So um, yeah, this is uh, that's probably quite quite interesting. Once you think about what uh, what all kind of places you have uh, within Java EE, for example, where you could build that in, right? Mm -hmm. So it should play along with each other. Yeah, and uh, also staging, right? So you could have different configuration for right. test uh, integration and, and production, right? And uh, ha have you had the chance to look at the micro profile movement? Um, a little bit, yeah. I looked in, into that a little bit. Um, well, f for me, um, so I have to say the um, the thing that you can build your own runtime based on, well, standalone jars or something like that is f for me actually less important uh, since uh, I care mostly about the APIs. And then once I have the API with what's for me very important, a thin deployment um, approach, then I don't care if, if the server is, you know, 50 meg or 100 or 200. It's it's a small improvement and a few companies care, right? But but for me, actually, it's it's more about the, the API thing, yeah. But but once MicroProfile um, contributes back a few of their ideas, what they're doing, for example, they also have a config, um, I think it's called Config Profile in MicroProfile 1.1 or something like that. Um, this could be very interesting. Yeah, actually, uh, we had no time, you know, to synchronize us before the session. But what I wanted to say is exactly what you said. So actually, I completely ignored the whole MicroProfile for one year uh -huh. because they were fully... They were they tried to focus you know on runtime and and shipping right. just one jar and be being leaner and I never had the problems actually at my Java one sessions like heavyweight versus lightweight I measured the whole session all kinds of application servers hello world Java and micro profiles and swarm and basically there was no difference everything was around forty megs of RAM and the download size was a little bit different but there is actually no reason for optimization yeah. and you are right. Yes. Uh, um, some companies care, but this is like, you know, the 1% companies who start, you know, hundred thousands of, of services. Right. But it's not what usually happens in enterprise. Having said that, uh, I look at the micro profile one, two, and, and they are coming with really interesting stuff. So they have metrics and, and, and health and security. So now something happens. And I think now is the time, you know, that they will add real added value to the community because right now you get something on top of this what you already had so yes yeah yes, new api yeah, yeah and this is where i get a little bit more involved and i i i, I read the ee4j mailing list and uh and uh, what concerns me a bit and it's always the same now this is a you no know, open community effort and they started again with i think modularization and uh, deployment should it be application server or runtime. And uh, I, I ask a question, you know, what is the application server? I mean, if you don't have the application server, what will happen? Your applications, your application will start something this, that there will be a runtime, some threads in a socket. So let's don't call it a server, but you call it a runtime. And the only difference is, you know, who is first? So whether your application starts the runtime or the runtime starts your application. And this is the only, the only, the only technical 
distinction. And I asked in the list, you know, what is the distinction? So there is actually no, no distinctions. It's just perception. So um, I think what I will do, or you should also do, we should focus more on, I think, the key to success is, I would say, usability and developer ergonomics. Uh, yes. Why you are... Why you like Java, and uh, this also in my case, you have just one dependency, Java 7 full, and you are ready to go. And this should be the same in E for J, I think. So we have one main profile, whatever the name is, and you have just the profile and you can build, you know, 80% of all uh, apps, enterprise apps with that. And what should not happen that everyone's starting, you know, building their, their, their own runtime and fiddling with all the jars. Because I had it for 20 years, I'm no more interested in this. And if you, after after a few projects, no one is interested in fiddling with the jars and dependencies. And this is, I right. think, what we should focus a little bit more, right? I, I totally agree. I, f- I fully agree. And and I would like to add, like what I um, care a lot when it comes to deployment is that you at least have a thin deployment um, approach. So uh, no matter where you call it application server or uh, standalone runtime that loads something else, um, what I want to ship on each um, on each execution in my continuous delivery pipeline is just a very thin layer, a thin uh, WAR file in in my case or in the case of Java E right now. So whatever that's uh, going to look like in the future, I care that all the moving parts, the the thing that you ship each and every time, is very thin, just contains your business logic. Exactly, uh, because it doesn't make any sense if you think about this. Let's say we will bundle the EE4J runtime with the war. This right. EE4J runtime will change, you know, twice a year or, th- or three times a year at most. So why I have to bundle it, you know, 10 times a day, always the same, right. to ship one fat war, it doesn't make any sense. And actually, I challenged the PPA at conferences to explain me what's the deal with fat jars, uber jars, and I never got an, 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 you know, an, a logical explanation. This was just, yeah. Uh, I got it once, actually, a few years ago at DevOps, and a company who built this uh, fat wars or jars, they said, yeah, we started before Docker, and before then it was easier to start, to start on bare metal, just one jar. So, okay, I get, yeah, okay, but now we have no five years Docker, I think, or, or four, and now it's over. So, uh, interesting. So, yeah, fully agree with, with the Docker and, and everything. With Docker, it's not needed anymore. Before then, yes, for like political reasons, if you can't uh, decide on the runtime, then it's easier to ship your own. But with Docker, you decide everything, the whole stack yourself anyway. Yeah, cool. Uh, what was your session at Java One? Um, it was about a CQRS. Uh, a buzzword-driven session. Yeah, this is query, command query, respon- responsibility. R- responsibility segregation, right? Segregation, I, I exactly. always forget the CQRS. And it's actually <laughs> interesting. So in two sentences, what is CQRS? Um, CQRS is um, an approach how to deal with um, distributed applications. So that's important. They have to be distributed. And how to maintain eventual consistency and overall, a longer-running business use case. Yeah. So basically, you don't do distributed transactions because they're quite a bad idea. Rather than you um, introduce well event-driven architectures to deal with that um, approach. And hopefully that you're you reading and writing in different ways, right? So this is right. Exactly. You have to split the um, concerns for the reads and the writes. So that's the that's the way how that uh, specific pattern deals with it. Yeah, what I liked, I, I saw your session somewhere, and then you mentioned several times. You know, it is not the CQRS is not the solution to everything. It's just you know, right. if yeah, you, this is very important. And this is what I like in this approach. Otherwise, you know, we get every two months a complete new dogmatic idea which uh, just works in ten percent of all apps. So this is. Um, 
you didn't have any time at Java One. You told me, okay, uh, I cannot do anything. You know, I cannot <laughs> sleep because I have to write something. So uh, what you did actually at nights in Java One? Well, yeah, I, I used the actually, yeah, the, the time at night and also sometimes during the day to finish my book. So I wrote a book on well modern Java EE um, development, mm -hmm. and this is actually what I finished during Java One. So these were quite busy days. Uh, I think the by far the busiest week ever, or in this year at least. And yeah, this is what I did. Uh, unfortunately, during the conference, but now now it's finished that book. Hey, cool. Uh, the difference is uh, I did it also, but never at conference and always in the uh, in the airplane. So at a conference, I'm not productive. I'm just thinking about new, new, new stuff and attending sessions. But in the airplane, so in the flight, during the flight, I'm extremely productive. So I've wrote already several articles and one chapter for a book. <laughs> But never, yeah. the, never at a conference. I cannot do this at a conference. Okay. What's the title of your book? Um, the title is Architecting Modern Java EE Applications. Okay. And uh, what's, what are you doing there? So... Yeah, so my idea was um, to show <laughs> to show the world that um, Java EE um, well can be used to write modern enterprise applications because a lot of people um, uh, funnily don't believe that and they are still thinking in J2EE terms, right? And when you do microservices and doing this and that, so um, that uh, Java EE is uh, definitely not uh, um, not applicable for that, which of course is wrong. And I show how Java EE would be tackled like as of today in in year 2017, right? So what? Uh, well, what of these? All these APIs, because Java EE contains a lot, obviously, is usable and reasonable right right now. And how it would be used to write modern, well, enterprise applications. Yeah, cool. Um, uh, you know whether your book is compatible with my, with the green one? You had the chance to look at that. You know the old green book. Yeah, actually, I, I read your book, and I would say it's it's very compatible. It's just two versions of Java EE, uh, well, newer, but the approaches are, are still very similar because a lot of changed in, well, as you know, in Java EE 5 and Java EE 6 uh, specifically. Yeah. And, uh, well, I would just say it's it's quite important to get that word out, to educate developers, still educate them um, how you would use it, especially in terms of, of APIs. No, I'm asking so, because uh, some of my clients are already using the ideas from the green book, and I would like to say uh -huh. just suggest yours, not that they, they will have to rewrite the app, you know? Mm -hmm. Right, yeah. The, the, this is actually a quite a good approach that you say, well, if you use a modern Java EE approach, then um, your green book is still valid uh, in terms of the APIs ideas. It's very similar ideas. Okay. I mean, obviously, in Java EE 8, there are a few new things, and it's even leaner, even simpler, for example, with JSON-B. Um, but the ideas are, ve um, are very similar. And it's also um, interesting to show, you know, the way how Java EE evolved. That uh, specifically from Java E6, um, it's getting leaner and leaner, and integrate um, it integrates itself with your business logic in in a even more minimal way, and it's easier and more productive for developers to use that technology. But I also saw um, in the uh, in the um, in the index of your book that uh, you focus on the things which I didn't cover, even because it they happened after. So you had some chapters on Kubernetes and Docker, right? Right. Right. Yeah, I, I think this is very important uh, to show um, as of today that it's um, n not only doable, but actually, uh, well, 
um, advisable to, to use Java EE with uh, Docker and Kubernetes and all these buzzword cloud native and 12 factor technologies because it, it fits the model quite well, especially for Docker, for example. So I show how to use that with Docker and Kubernetes and also to show it in a full um, continuous delivery pipeline. So, you know, how that integrates with Kubernetes then again. So basically a full end-to-end -end approach how to tackle um, modern Java E applications as of today. Right? Yeah, then, then is your book, you know, completely different because in Maya just focus on the source code and you're going further and showing more stuff. Right, right. Yeah, because I really wanted to show that, especially with the new world, you know, of containers, of cloud and all this, um, Java E is still a very good and very applicable uh, technology for that. I wouldn't say, you know, the perception sometimes that uh, I, I'm one of the, how it's called, Java E guardians, like, uh, you know, guys who just <laughs> like uh, Java E, but I don't think this way. I think Java is not only good enough, uh, Java is, is, is one of the best. So uh, what, what I consider, I have also you know, the chance to uh, coach uh, several startups, and they actually mm -hmm. don't care what they use. They are no, like you know, young guys have just would like to build something sensible. And the right. cool story with Java E is you, you have this dependency and you can just build your stuff. And, um, yeah. and, and then, you know, if you become the next Google or whatever, then you can create your custom runtime. What I don't get that people start with the custom runtimes, you know, and, and no one knows how, how whether it is no over-engineering or cargo cult or, or they, they introducing the complexity at start. And I would just shift that. I would start with the stock, just focusing, you know, on the business logic and then optimize. This is the only difference. Yeah, I, I'm very happy that you mentioned that because this is basically the uh, the approach I'm, I'm explaining in the book and that you should care about your business logic first. And this is also quite funny because so many people start with, you know, as if they were Google and they have to scale like crazy and uh, building custom runtimes and, uh, and all kind of things. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, in one project was fun. It was before 2009. I get a request they, uh, as architect and they wanted to build something with Java E, which scales like Google. And I say, okay, uh, if you really would like to do this, we have, you know, to 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 change completely how we how we develop the apps and and about consistency. But the funny story is they are successful right now, but they are with four cluster nodes, twenty four seven, four cluster nodes, uh, full time. There are lots of transactions, several thousand transactions per second, but still not comparable to Google, you know. Google, yeah. And we have stock <laughs> architecture right now. So what I did over the times, I just delete a lot of stuff, and now it's very simple, very lean, and there's almost no code, just business logic. And I say, look, we had to start with that, and this would be just enough, you know. This is uh, this happens right. over and over again. And I think one of the problems is Java is too boring, you know, is the, that everything is solved. You, 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 you are forced to think about business logic from the first minute, and this is a challenge. Yes. Yeah, to totally agree. <laughs> so, perfect. So, Sebastian, uh, what resources, where people can find you and which, uh, what are the, your next projects or, yeah, what you are doing? Just share some resources. Um, yeah, so resources to um, to look into is, well, basically my website. I um, already um, told how to get there, sebastian-dashner.com. There you can find my blog. So, I'm, well, blogging about all kind of Java-related things. Um, then maybe on Twitter, um, my Twitter handle is at Dashner S, which is quite confusing because last name first and then the S for the first name. Um, 
And yeah, I also have a newsletter, but you will find that on the website. So you can actually um, register for the newsletter. And I'm also um, tweeting about all kind of things. So when I have a new issue of the newsletter, I'm tweeting about that as well. So you won't miss anything there. And what I'm doing right now, actually, I'm thinking about, well, first of all, new client workshops. So um, I'm doing new stuff with, uh, well, also new technology like uh, Kubernetes, Docker, and then, of course, uh, combined with uh, Java EE. And I also want to um, record more video courses. So I already put uh, online a few uh, video courses on, on YouTube um, that explain a few things because, you know, people like to watch uh, videos, um, apparently, or at least um, um, they get a lot of uh, views compared to the blog. And I want to do this more. And uh, of course, that involves quite some time. So right now, once my book is finished, finally now, um, I'm focusing a little bit more on that. Hey, cool. So, thank you and see you in upcoming conferences, right? Yeah, thanks. Thanks a lot for the interview. Okay, bye.